0: The following Pay Joseph Prince Ministries program is brought to you by our Grace Legacy Builders. Today with Joseph Prince.
1: The world is full of broken hearts. And Jesus has come, anointed to heal the broken heart. Amen? Do you love him? Pain, a negative
2: doctor's report, anxieties, and even depression. You or someone you love may be facing one of these common enemies right now. But here's wonderful news healing doesn't have to be hard.
1: God designed the communion to bring healing to your body. That is why I want to send you this easy-to-read resource completely free. It will encourage you, recharge your faith, and be a great blessing to you. In His breakthrough book,
2: Eating Your Way to Wholeness, a practical guide to the Holy Communion, you can receive the reality that the Holy Communion is far more than a ritual.
1: We have received many praise reports from believers around the world who have experienced the healing power of the Communion. I really want that for you too. Make sure you request this resource today.
2: Call or click right now to request your free copy of Pastor Prince's Eating Your Way to Wholeness, a practical guide to the Holy Communion.
1: A new creation church. One of the things that I, I, I believe that the gospel of grace does to you is that it makes you generous. It opens up your heart. And that's what I see in all of you people. And for that, I thank you. I salute you. Especially for making the gospel preaching so much easier by your testimony. Amen. We're not perfect people. We are the first to tell you, if you're a guest here, you say, no, the church is full of hypocrites. Alright, let me just tell you this. One more won't make a difference. Come, 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 come. <laughs> Praise God. Okay? Actually, actually the, the whole world is full of hypocrites. Okay? And, and, and I want to touch on that as well today because I think that, that uh, there's something about this uh, hypocrisy that, that evokes the greatest response from Jesus. Of all the sins that Jesus publicly rebukes and exposes in the Gospels. It is not, you know, he, he never, he never re, you can never find, you can never read anywhere, he rebuked the tax collectors, the social outcasts, the prostitutes of his day. You cannot find anywhere in the Gospels that he rebuked them. But he rebuked the Pharisees, the self-righteous ones, because hypocrisy, right, brings out that uh, anger in him. And we're about to see why that does so. In our Lord. And when you find it, you will see how lovely He is. It's because He loved them. Okay? And uh, but before that, I just want to share that uh, during this trip, I had the privilege of showing for the very first time a video that I've been preparing for the longest time to show all of you because it's based on a revelation that God gave me many years ago in Israel. And it's about Jesus at the Mount of Beatitudes. And right after the Mount of Beatitudes, He's preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he cleansed the leper. And for the first time, we showed it there because it was only ready when I was there in Israel. That's how that's how close it was. And I received it like two days before we, we screened it. So for the first time, I'm going to show it to you. But before that, I just want to share the, the the background of this video. I feel like this video portrays to a certain extent the loveliness of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, um, Everywhere we go in Israel, I always encourage people, look for Jesus. The guides can tell you the facts and the details of that place and uh, give you the historical background. He can even be very knowledgeable about the historical Jesus, right? But many of them are not saved. But it's your part to look at all those places and see Jesus. Amen. See His beauty, His glories, His excellencies, Amen. So, um, one of the, uh, my favorite places is actually the Mount of Beatitudes. You can see a picture of the Mount of Beatitudes here. And um, this is the place where, this is confirmed, uh, the exact location, okay? And there, there are studies uh, along these lines and all that. And not only that, uh, it is almost acoustically perfect. In other words, we have done it before. Our pastors, when we are there and all that. You see where the banana plantation is? The banana plantation down there? that is where the people would have been, the multitudes. And you see where, where these rocks are? That's where Jesus would have seated. Now, he, he might have sat on one of these rocks. There are not too many rocks there in this location, but He might have sat on one of them. The Bible says He went up a mountain, and He sat down, and then He preached to the people. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? Up there on, the, on, on that mound. This is the place. And it's, it's acoustically almost perfect because there was a study done by a university in America. They studied this whole topography in this place and they found that it's acoustically, acoustically almost perfect. And we tried it out. We had pastors go down beyond the banana plantation way back there. Alright, there's a path there. So we stood down there. In fact, I stood down there uh, once or twice and one pastor would run up here, sit on one of these rocks and would cry out just in a, in, a, in a raised voice, not yelling, just saying, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And His voice will be carried across the valley. You can hear His voice. So Jesus did not need to have a microphone. His Father has prepared the place for Him. Isn't that amazing? Amen. So this is the location of the Mount of Beatitudes. I know many of you have been there. But so what, what happened was that a number of years ago, I was up there with the pastor's uh, in one of our many uh, visits there. And uh, I took some time to go this way. So let's say I'm facing the, the banana plantation where the people would have been when Jesus preached. So I left the pastors talking down here and I went this way. And it's very interesting that when Jesus cleansed the leper, the Bible tells us that uh, we all know that leprosy, a type of sin, right? Leprosy is something that when you contract it, you are, you are supposed to be out of the camp you have to live in, a, in a, a place far away. Those of you who watched the movie, Ben-Hur, you saw that, you know, they are, they are by themselves. And they cannot mix with the multitudes. So, the Bible says that after Jesus preached, He cleansed the leper. Obviously, the leper is not among the, the multitude, right? He cannot be among the multitude. He'll be stoned to death. Because under the law, you touch a leper, the leper is considered unclean, a type of sin. And we touch the leper, you become unclean. So, right after Jesus preached to the people, the, the, like, let's say I'm facing the Mount of Beatitudes, right? I'm facing the people on the Mount of Beatitudes. I moved this way. And that's what I did for the first time. Not, not thinking of anything, right? Just, just uh, going this way. And I realized that this path goes all the way to Capernaum. Now, the next miracle after he cleansed the leper, the Bible says Jesus entered Capernaum. So, it's exactly this way. Facing the people, he would have gone this way. He didn't go down to the people. For the longest time, I thought he went down to the multitude. And yet, the chapter 8, after he finishes the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 8 opens by saying, when Jesus finished the sermon, when Jesus came down the mountain, the multitudes followed him. I always thought he came down this way, where the people were. But if he came down that way, then that phrase, the multitudes followed him, doesn't make sense. Because he's going towards them, right? If I go towards you, you cannot follow me, right? But if I go another way, that's when you follow me. So he must have gone on this way. So he went on this way, and I was walking this way. And all of a sudden, the Lord arrested me. I saw a huge rock on the side, or a a pile of rocks on the side. And there was other slabs of stone all across the area, strewn across the area. And the Lord began to give me an inner vision and a beautiful story of the leper. And I began to see the leper could have hidden under one of these rocks. So I looked at the rock here, and I looked at where Jesus would have stood up here. And I began to realize that he would have seen Jesus without the multitudes seeing Him. He could have heard Jesus without the multitudes, you know, detecting Him. So I, I wondered, what did he hear during that time? Which part of the Sermon on the Mount do you reckon he heard? Maybe he heard Jesus say, look at the birds of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. Are you not of more value than the birds? And I could see a bird come, right, to where his rock was, where he was hiding and chirping, almost like telling him, Why are you so worried? You are of more value than I am. And yet God feeds me. He will take care of you. Right? So, just imagine a leper not being touched for the longest time. We don't know how long. He probably has loved ones, a baby that has grown a few years or whatever, but you know, he's never touched them and he's never been touched. I think i leave the story to the video. And uh, also, when we did this video, I was uh, wanting it to really present the beauty of my Lord, the way I saw him, the way he revealed it to me, the Holy Spirit showed me about Jesus in that story And it confirmed everything. Topography, topography must be accurate. In other words, Jesus facing the people and going this way, the multitudes would follow Him. He healed the leper before the multitudes came. In other words, the multitudes did not see a leper. They saw a cleansed man. There's no need to stone him. Right? And not only that, this location goes straight to Capernaum. And the next miracle was a centurion servant being healed in Capernaum. So everything is in line. Okay? And then… uh, two encounter night services ago, you will remember I sang a spontaneous song in the Spirit and that music came from heaven, came from God. Alright? I, I, it's not something that, that uh, you know, uh, we have written a song about or whatever, but it came spontaneously to me for the encounter night and I sang it out on the encounter night in the Spirit and we used that music for this video. right? So sit back, dim the lights, enjoy.
2: Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Mother! Now, if God's so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock.
1: Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean.
2: I am willing, be cleansed.
1: You like the last part, the hardship? Yeah. I thought uh, of putting that down because uh, it's like a heavenly wink, amen, from God. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 147, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Kepler, the astronomer, many years ago mentioned that there are this number of stars, I forgot what's the number, this number of stars, which was not many at a time, he thought he knew all the stars there was. But today, science will tell you that there are millions and millions of stars, yet not discovered. But there are millions of them out there. No one can count the number of the stars. And none can fathom the depth of human sorrow in a human heart. But God not only can count the number of the stars, He can call them all by names. Again, science only call a certain number of stars by names. They can't tell the rest. They are not yet discovered, but they know they are out there. God can call them all by names. And yet this same God heals. The broken heart. One of the things he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said, is to preach the gospel to the poor and to heal the broken heart. The world is full of broken hearts. Even when you see them laughing, you know, and uh, they have their game shows and their talk shows and all that, there's a lot of laughter going on. But it's like what Solomon in his wisdom said in the book of Proverbs even in laughter, the heart is heavy. The world is full of broken hearts. And Jesus has come, anointed to heal the broken heart. Amen? Do you love him? Do you enjoy the video? Praise God. I just want to tell you that when Jesus cleansed the leper, there is something that happened here we need to understand. And that's my message here today. That the church is in a divine enigma. A divine paradox. I want to talk about this paradox today. And I think this is what is causing some confusion in the body of Christ. When Jesus touched the leper, under the Old Testament, a person touching a leper would contract defilement. But Jesus did not contract defilement. He banished it. Under the law, the unclean touching the clean will make the clean unclean. But under grace, Jesus the clean touched the unclean and the unclean became clean. So that's grace. Law is different, completely different from grace. law demands grace supplies. The law says, take off your shoes. The place you are standing is holy ground, lest you die. Under grace... The prodigal's father says, put shoes on my son's feet. He has a right to stand in my presence. Amen. Under law, God gave the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai on the first feast of Pentecost Israel ever celebrated. 3,000 people died. Under grace, God gave the Spirit and 3,000 people were saved at Mount Zion. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. The challenge we have today, like what I said earlier, is that we don't understand why hypocrisy is such a sin that Jesus is angry with. I asked the Lord one time, I said, Lord, why do you hate hypocrisy so much? Of all the sins, like I said just now, He didn't even rebuke or condemn the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the social outcasts, but He was very strong against hypocrisy. The the religious leaders of his day, the Pharisees had this self-righteous attitude and Jesus was angry with that. So he's the same yesterday, today and forever, right? So I asked the Lord one time, I said, why why are you so strong against hypocrisy a number of years ago? And you know what he said to me? Because I love them. I love the people. Because he loved the Pharisees. And yet I, I couldn't fully understand. He says that you'll never know that you are loved until you know that I... I know all about you and I still love you. Because when, when you are playing the part of a hypocrite, alright? Now, I, I looked up the dictionary definition of hypocrisy. I know what it means, but just to see what the dictionary says. It says, play acting. Pretending to be what you are not. Okay? Play acting. You are not that character, but you are, you are play acting that character. You are pre- in other words, you are pretending to be what you are not. Are you listening? Do you remember the story of the the woman at the well? Jesus gently exposed her in her sins. Why? Well, because He wanted her to feel loved. Every time you pretend to be something you are not, you cannot feel loved. So, For example, when you are dating, you put your best foot forward. You always try to leave a good impression, right? Amen? Amen. You keep all your bodily functions in check. (laughs) You behave. You have your, you know, you don't burp. Amen? You put your best foot forward. Now, it's okay for, for the first date and the second and maybe the third. But after you get to know each other, and you are contemplating on a serious relationship, even leading to marriage, you got to be yourself. Amen. You got to let the person know what you like, what you don't like. You got you to gotta know that the person is falling in love. Let's say both of you are falling in love with each other. You got to know that you're falling in love with the real person. Or else you'll never feel love. For example, let's say you're dating and then you don't like broccoli. I use broccoli as an example, okay. But you, because your, your, your girlfriend loves broccoli. So when, when she gives you broccoli or you go, you know, to a restaurant, you're eating broccoli, you say, oh, she says, I love broccoli. You say, me too. Everything is me too. Me too, you know. That, that stage is the stage where, you know, uh, you know, before marriage, a guy can spend the whole night staying awake thinking about what she said. <laughs> what she means by that. After marriage, he falls asleep while she's still talking. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's a difference. But <laughs> anyway, so while you're dating, you say, I love broccoli. Then after you get married, maybe a few months into the marriage, right, you are eating out or you are somewhere and she, she serves you a lot of broccoli. You say, well, everyday broccoli, yeah. <laughs> Then he says, yeah, you, we love broccoli, don't we? Right, Our, your favourite food. No, I hate broccoli you what I hate broccoli that's not what you said oh I, well I, I always hate broccoli since I was young no that's not what you said okay guys always remember never argue with a woman when she's tired and when she's rested <laughs> <laughs> so a problem ensues now the the, 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 the problem something is not it's not this it's that Even going to a fundamental fact is that you cannot feel loved if you think the person is falling in love with an image. An image you project. Alright? It's not the real you. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, before you go on a date, you know, you put on your your wig and then (laughs) put your eyeball in, put your false teeth. Amen? Then on the wedding night, (laughs) (coughs) clack, 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 clack. You know? (laughs) I'm not referring to that extreme, okay? By the way, all these things are real, okay? Except for this one here. Hang on. Huh? <laughs> Put it back. Okay? It is, it is the fact that you will never feel love if you think the person is falling in love with an image. So what Jesus did at the well was this. He told the woman, go call your husband here. Then she said, I have no husband. Now it's coming to her sin, right? But this, how beautifully he did it. How, how courteously. How excellent in the way he did it. How loving and kind. He praised her first. He did a divine sandwich. He praised her first. He says, you have said it beautifully. In the Greek, kalos, beautiful. You have said it beautifully. You have no husband. You have had five husbands. And the one that you're living with now is not your husband. Then he put the other divine sandwich. In that, you have spoken truthfully. Now, who talks like that? We'll say, you've got five husbands, man, don't lie. You know, (laughs) right? He he praised her. He says, you have spoken beautifully. You have spoken literally, kalos, beautifully. You have had no husband. You had five husbands and the one you're living with is not your husband. He found a way to praise her and he was courteous to her. Now she knows that he knows about her and still loved her. The Bible says Jesus went through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. She was a Samaritan woman. Most Jews will not travel the same way Jesus traveled. They will bypass Samaria. But the Bible says it very beautifully. He needed to go through Samaria. It was not a topographical need. It was a grace need. And I believe God is teaching you Himself as you open up the Scripture. Sometimes I'll say this to God before I open the Bible. I'll just say, Father, speak to me through Your Word. Let me see Jesus. Amen. Grant me seeing eyes and a hearing heart. And I say this, I'm coming to your word not to accumulate knowledge. Amen. But grant me that revelation.
0: Want your time spent in the word of God to be more fruitful and enjoyable? Understand God's grace and his word on a whole new level in unlocking treasure. Discover the immense riches of God's word. A two-sermon series from Joseph Prince. Yours for a gift of any amount today. When you request a resource, your gift helps us to send the gospel far and wide and to reach many more precious people who urgently need to hear the message of grace. Visit us at josephprince.org or call us toll free at 877-901-4300 to request your copy today.
1: Next on Joseph Prince. Jesus is the saviour of sinners. If you're not a sinner, you don't qualify. Always remember that the Lord always exceeds your, He answers exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or things. So think big and He must exceed it. Think even bigger and He must exceed it. Don't ask God for small things. Don't ask God for a job. Ask God for a position. Ask God for big things and you compliment Him. You compliment Him. You speak great things, and you're praising him when you ask God for big things.
0: Help us proclaim the life-changing gospel of grace far and wide. Join us as a Grace Legacy Builder. You can make a real difference in the lives of many today. Visit josephprince.org or call 877-901-4300 to find out more. Joseph Prince Ministries is a Section 501c3 nonprofit organization and your gift is tax deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market value of the materials you receive from us. The preceding paid program is brought to you by our Grace Legacy Builders. Thank you for helping us proclaim the gospel of grace around the world.